My name's Kate, and I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. Hi guys, hello. My name's Kate, and I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. How are we doing? How are we feeling? Uh, feeling okay? Feeling not so okay? Regardless of how we're feeling, we're gonna do our usual deep breath in. So we'll do a four count in. We'll hold, and then we'll exhale. So we'll do our four count in now. And then we'll exhale. Nice. Feeling happy to be here and also feeling so tired. It is sleepy season. It is November almost December in a few days. And a bitch is tired. A bitch is tired. Davida's on the show. She's tired. Um, we're all tired. Ladies and gentlemen, but I'm here. Thank you for that. I almost forgot to bring it today. So I really needed that forecast. Oh, good. Of course. I always love breathing. You know, it gives me a little bit of energy. And if you don't know Davida Joe, like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck kind of rock are you living under? Davida is a Virgo. She's one of my best friends. She's the host of the podcast, The Quarter Life Happy Hour. And she's happy to be here, of course. Welcome back to the show, Davida. How are you? Oh, I am living the dream, actually. I was just telling you before we started recording this lovely episode here that it has been so hard after the holidays to continue to be motivated, but with Christmas coming up and the end of the year coming up, like this is really when we have to feel like we have to kick it into high gear. So what I did is I put on my Christmas garb, my Christmas t-shirt. I just put up my Christmas tree in the background here. She's beautiful. She's cute. I've had her since college and she's hanging in there. We love her. (laughs) I love her. Wow. You've had her since college. I know. I know. Mm. It's that's the good thing about artificial trees, kids. (laughs) Yeah, they do last a while. I have my little mini baby, mini Christmas tree that I love. Um, and I've had her for a few years now. And I don't know, it's, it's, I love, that's the part about the holidays I like is like the decorating and the putting stuff up. I think it's fun to like change your space, especially in like this horrible time of year. I have a bias towards winter. I apologize, but. I don't like it either. Like it becomes, it's, it, you look out the window when you're leaving for work and it's suddenly like, it feels like it's 10 PM and you're just like, what is happening? That is my. Yeah against uh winter seasons it's it's constantly dark out so that's just me personally (laughs) there is and it's so funny too i'm still adjusting to working full-time been working since i was 16 but there is a special kind of you know torment that you go through mentally when you walk out of work at 5 p.m and it is nighttime not like oh the sun's setting oh it looks pretty outside we're going home nighttime nighttime blackout blackout and then you're like oh it's it's nighttime oh because i just worked for eight hours oh and i'll work for eight hours uh for five days a week for my whole life oh and i won't get to enjoy daylight oh never yeah yeah i get home when i go into the office i get home and it already feels like bedtime so i'm like cool 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 and it's just like a real i'm in my jammies same like I've been in my jammies all fucking day actually like because I worked from home today I was like well bedtime (laughs) bye I don't know it's just this is the weird part of adulting that I don't think any of us were ready for when we were a teenager younger um because society was a lot different back then so 
Yeah. I mean, what's not, not nice necessarily, but like a good consequence of COVID, I think is that like remote work is more popular. And I think, um, I think that's kind of nice to be able to like have that option. Cause like before COVID, like that was just not really, I think an option for a lot of people. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I remember like working from home. That was so like, I don't know, not even like a popular thing to do because more people were so accustomed to that office lifestyle and that corporate lifestyle. And I'm over here. Like (laughs) I would work from my couch every day of my life if I could, honestly. (laughs) It's kind of, I can imagine it's nice. I do like going into work sometimes and doing a lot of the in-person stuff with my job, but like, I would, I would love, love to work remote like a few days a week. Like, yes. Yeah, very real. Um, So speaking of like bad things happening this time of year, um, we're going to discuss the main point of focus today, this episode. We're going to talk about Matt Reif. Um, It's so funny. You're like, we're going to talk about the negative. Okay, so men, (laughs) like a man. Oh, yeah. And this is, it's so funny when all this controversy was happening. I was like, this, my show is like the perfect outlet to talk about this. Cause it really I, is more, more so your show than mine, actually. So I'm glad that you wanted to have to, wanted to discuss this on your show because mine it would have been like it would have made sense, but yours would have made more sense. <laughs> Shitting on men is my bread and fucking butter. Let me tell you, bitches. <laughs> Yours is shitting on men. Mine is shitting on life. So everyone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and if you guys don't know what's going on. So Matt Reif is a comedian who got famous on TikTok, actually, for his, like, I say supposed in quotes because, like, I'm gay. So, like, my opinion of, like, who's attractive, I do think probably doesn't matter somebody else's opinion. Like, do you think Matt Reif is attractive? If you do, it's fine. But objectively yeah like if he picked me up at the bar would I kick him out of bed no but that's not saying much from me um but I don't know yeah yeah I mean he's a fucking dude I can't we can't take that away from him and he knows it he's good looking but like he's almost to that scale that we talked about on I think your show or my show where it's like you know when people are like almost too good looking that I'm like oh like you're looking a little too perfect like the chin implants he got are implanting let me tell you he is giving like handsome squidward yeah no i think the thing is like when a guy is like too like attract not attractive just too like polished and chiseled then you're kind of like okay i have a little bit of the ick growing right now but yeah rife does a lot of crowd work um if you guys aren't familiar with crowd work it's when like a comedian kind of goes out to the audience and is like hey you what do you do for work and then like they make up jokes like on the spot so it's a lot of like improvisation um and rife has been doing stand-up since he was like 15 years old so like he's been in the scene for a while um and the big and matt rife also got a netflix special called natural selection and this is when all the controversy kind of started to happen because right away, joke number one, um, he makes a joke about domestic violence, um, which is not like I wasn't making light of that. I just think it's like so crazy to like start off a comedian Netflix special show. 
like yeah no when i was watching it i was like oh he's starting with that joke okay <laughs> so the joke goes uh this is what he's saying I've only been to Baltimore one time. I ate lunch there, and the hostess who seats you at the restaurant has a black eye. It wasn't like, what happened? It was pretty obvious what happened. Um, so Rife's friend says that he feels bad for the waitress and says that they should have put her in the kitchen where nobody has to see her face. And then Rife says, yeah, but I feel like if she could cook, she wouldn't have that black eye. Um, and after the joke, he blatantly acknowledges that it was about domestic violence. And I think if you have to explain what a joke means already on the down low already like bad already not good yeah i mean so it's 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 wild because i heard about this joke like before i even watched the netflix special just because twitter tiktok instagram like it was all over so i knew about him saying this beforehand and, and the first thing i thought of was i was just like that's such a cheap shot. That is such a cheap shot. Like, that's the type of comedy that, one, obviously you're going to get canceled for in 2023. Or yeah. not, obviously you're going to get some backlash in 2023. I shouldn't say canceled. But that's some shit that comedians said and honestly got away with in 2003. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have been a, like, quote-unquote fan of comedy for literally since I don't know maybe I'm just fucked up but when I was young I was pretty much like oh yeah no like let's watch some comedy specials like I grew up on fucking Seinfeld and is Jerry Seinfeld a fucking prince or a good role model fuck no but is he a comedian I grew up with yes Louis CK did I find some of his jokes hilarious growing up absolutely is he a fucking psycho yes like that is always gonna be like a comedian's like get like get they want a reaction from their audience so he knew mm -hmm. what he was doing with this joke it was just cheap yeah i think that's like it was cheap and also too like i just don't think it was like a good joke like i just don't think like it had anything really interesting going on in it i don't know for me too i think what comedy i'm really big fan of is when like everything's super intentional and everything is like a bit like John Mulaney, the pacing of his words, that's like comedic, like the tone of his voice, that's comedic too. To me, like Matt Reif's comedy just kind of is more like lazier comedy to me. It's just getting up in the stage and being like, oh, my wife sucks. Like, oh, my kids are terrible. That's the joke. Like to me, I'm like, bro, like that's just not funny. Like it's just, it's just like so stale. And I don't know if it's like, maybe our sense of humor or like what we find funny has molded throughout the years it could probably have something to do with that too but like I I totally agree I was like watching his special and I was just like the way he's setting up jokes is just like it takes too long it's too long of a build-up it doesn't feel natural like when he did like does like crowd work that feels natural because that's like yeah like I don't think it was his time personally, like good for him for releasing a Netflix special, like good for anyone who can do that. But I don't think it was his time. I think like he should have only stuck to crowd work. Like That's clearly that was his strength and he should have stayed there. And it's been so funny seeing all those TikToks where Matt Rife will say like, like a thing about himself. He'll be like, maybe I should just like stick to crowd work. Like maybe I'm not meant for comedy. And then it cuts and it's a picture of like a bullseye. Like, 
Target. Target. Like all comedians have their niche. And it's good to have a niche. It really yeah. is. Honestly, it keeps you focused on the big why as to why you do what you do. Like our shows, for example. Like what's our niche? What's our target? Like that's what we're good at and that's what we stick with it. And then we also evolve. Yeah. At the same time. Like stick to what you know and stick to what you're good at because that's what's bringing you in success. Um, I mean, very rarely a lot of artists will branch off and do something different and it'll work out for them. There's also the chance that it won't. And it's probably, I don't know, I feel like it might be an indicator that with all of this happening and like all the backlash around his special that maybe this isn't it. First time I caught wind of the situation too was like my uh, more like acquaintance friend Jacqueline was like, oh, like Matt Rife, like I've seen his crowd work. It's funny, but I watched his Netflix special and I like didn't laugh. Like I only could watch like 10 minutes of it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And she was like, okay, like I want you to watch it. And yeah, we watched it and it was just like not good. Like it just wasn't funny. Um, and there's been times when I've watched like some comedian specials that just like, I'm like, eh, it's fine. But I've never had to like turn one off before because it was just not. And it wasn't even because the issue too is like, it's not just because it's offensive. Some of the jokes are offensive to me. It's also just because like, it's just not good. It's just not good. Like, I just don't think he's that funny in terms of this format. If you're going to be offensive, at least be clever. <laughs> like, if you're, if you're going to offend people, at least, like, be clever with your wording about it. Because, well, yeah. yeah. Because they, when I was watching it, I was watching it at my boyfriend's house, and literally, like, I was watching it with him, and there were some aspects where, you know, I did find myself being, like, like that. Like, of, not, course. Like, not, like, of, of course. Of course. I like, get that. Okay, I'm like, okay, okay, that's that's not bad. Okay, whatever, like all this shit. And then there would be some points where my boyfriend would find it funny too, or but like not like a like crying laughing type funny. It would just no, be like a, right? It's like, like mm. it'd be like, huh? Like put on some fucking Taylor Tomlinson or like even Ali Wong or even like who else? Has oh, Ali Wong is so funny. John right. Mulaney, John Mulaney cracks like, me up. Yeah, like put on one of those guys and I will be up on the fucking floor. Like observational comedy is what I want and yeah. what you would see. Um, yeah. But I did also find it pretty interesting too because, um, so I don't know if you notice this, but I'm very like nitpicky. So you probably are going to be like, oh my God, Davina, you caught on to that? And I'm going to be like, yeah, because I'm crazy. Um, while I was watching it, um, we had subtitles on, of course, because I yeah. can't. I can't hear without subtitles, obviously. Of course. As I'm the same, though. People be mumbling in TV shows and movies. People are mumbling. Like, speak up. Uh, so I was watching the special, and I don't know if it was Netflix. They knew what they were doing, but every single time somebody said, and every time the audience laughed, like, you would hear, like, laughter, audience laughing. It was always women laughing, women chuckling, women cack something. Don't quote me on this, but I did notice most of the time it was women laughing, woman laughs, like something like that to give the illusion and to continue with the whole like, mom the continue with the storyline that Matt Rife truly, I will 
us ladies were thirsty as fuck thinking he was so hot oh my god he's so funny oh my god i love him oh my god he's such a babe like he's a comedian in his like 20s like yeah we're fucking thirsty as shit i get it (laughs) um you know just really like amping up his crowd work and like that's what he does and that's what he thrives off of um but it's funny because a lot of his jokes are targeted more so towards like i feel like male comedy yeah like it's not like anti-women i don't want to say that it's just very like jokes about women I would say that would be anti-women <laughs> if they jokes about women. Okay, yeah. Anti, I feel like, is such a, like, harsh, like, I hate nah. women. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I would argue, I think subconsciously, or maybe consciously, I do think Matt Rife kind of hates women, is, is my... I mean, y- yes. <laughs> my comedy would be, I hate men. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, I just think, I don't know, it's just interesting. Like, so basically, like Davida was just saying, he's kind of built this career and women just are attracted to him and like him because he's funny. So he has mostly like a female audience, I'd say. What's so interesting about this is like, he did an interview with Variety where he says, one thing I wanted to tackle in the special was showing people that despite what you think about me online, I don't pander my career to women. I would argue the special is way more for guys. I think if people would just give it a chance without going into it being like, oh, only girls like him or people only like his face. Uh, If you give it an opportunity, I think you'd like it. Um, And earlier in the same interview, he says, you don't know what people are into and that's why you have to go out there and do your comedy and just lay it all out there vulnerably to find your audience and vulnerably is not really the right word to use there. But anyways, you have to be willing uh, to be vulnerable and do the jokes you want to tell in your voice and your comedy to figure out who likes your comedy. So like he had an audience and it was women, but he like alienated them completely with this special. So like, why do you think maybe he wanted to alienate this like women-centered audience that he's accumulated over the past like year or so? Smart? I don't know. (laughs) I'm just kidding, kind of. I don't know. It's Hollywood and fame. I will never understand it. I really don't like I think he saw his potential and he really wanted to draw the line there also I do think that comedians always have this incentive they always have the they want to come out with a bang right they want to fucking like draw the line on who what type of crowds they're working with and what type of crowds will like not find his shit as funny they're always looking to shock Comedians are always, are always looking to shock. And I think that's what he wanted to do with the special. Like, he's trying I, I just... He's getting money whether we like him or not. <laughs> I just don't... I just don't think he wanted women to be his audience because I think that's people looking down on him. Like, specifically that quote, oh, only girls like him. As if that's a bad thing. Like, I think he thinks that he's not a legitimate comedian because women's like him. So that's why he tried to alienate his audience because then he can be seen as like an actual comedian. I think is, and there's been some interpretations done on this too, which I find interesting. Like, um, did you see Drew Afuelo's video about that? Yeah. Yeah, like it's 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 
women audiences give creators the most money. Like companies want creators with women-centered audiences because it gives them more money. So it doesn't make sense financially for Matt Reif to alienate his women-centered audience. So it's just interesting to me that he did this special because like obviously comedians want to shock. But like also too, there's a lot of comedians like John Mulaney, a lot of this newest special, right, was about him going to rehab and stuff. Obviously, that's like kind of shocking and like jarring to hear about like dark comedy for sure. But but like it was about his life and Matt Reif makes jokes about other people. Yeah, which is that was the thing I was missing. I feel like my type of comedy, I want to hear about why your life is comedic like yeah. insult comedy is one thing like that's for that's for roasts that's like for a comedy central roast to insult uh to use your insult comedy if you're doing a netflix special or like just like a like a touring like a a, a comedy tour in pe- like period that's the type of shit where you need to like tell stories about like your life and not making fun of it but like almost making fun of yourself yeah i think too like Nanette, I was this comedy special I saw like a few years ago, and it was this um, co- uh, comedian who's a lesbian, and they were making a lot of jokes like about who they are and stuff. And then the special takes a turn, and they're like, "I actually don't do jokes like this anymore because of this and this and this. Like it makes me like I make my the punchline is my identity, or the punchline is that like I got beat up by this group of guys, and like that's fine. Like that's like." Um, their type of comedy and I, I really did like that interpretation and I thought about it for a while but then I also like John Mulaney's comedy where he's like he's like oh you want to cancel John Mulaney like I'll fucking kill him like I will kill John Mulaney so I love all these different types of comedy and I think socially it's really interesting to talk about comedy and I think that's why this Matt Reif thing is interesting to me too because of the year like you said it's kind of like 2000s comedy in 2023, which just doesn't work anymore. If he did this special in 2003, guarantee you it wouldn't be as controversial. No, it wouldn't. Not at all. Honestly, like, even even Stan, my boyfriend, admitted this. He was like, yeah, honestly, these jokes were funny. These are type, the types of jokes that you would hear, like, middle school boys say on the playground. Like... Facts. Like, those... It's the buildup and everything. Like, those are jokes that you'd hear on the playground growing up in the early 2000s. But as adults in 2023, when, you know, we've progressed so much, um, you know, in our social, in our, in our, like, social statuses and such, like, it's kind of like, okay, this probably isn't the place to say these types of jokes. But that's just... Yeah. I think, too, it depends on, like, what kind of audience you want to have like because like you can like um speaking of this too i watched the trailer for his comedy tour and the trailer itself is called problematic world tour which i thought was so interesting um and not only that but at the end of the trailer, Ashton Kutcher, how they somehow hired Ashton Kutcher for this, says like, oh, don't get canceled. So like, it's interesting that he is like actively going against this like um, 
social awareness or uh, what's the phrase Republicans like to throw around? Like, uh, I don't know, sanitizing of like language and stuff. Like, I feel like it's interesting that he's going against this like, oh, like, oh, like, I don't give a fuck, like fucking cancel me. Like, I just think it's so interesting. Um, Like, why, like, like, why would you think like, he would name this tour problematic world tour? Like what, like with this audience that he has, like, why do you think that? Just trying to be punny with the naming because his name is Matt. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He do be doing that. Like that, dude. It's literally like, that's what, if there's one thing that a straight white man will do, it'll be name his tour or mixtape or whatever, something with his name that people. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I, I think he's, I think it's something else too. Like, I think he is trying to like go against. He's trying to cause stir yeah he's trying to like fuck with people he's trying to be like like did you see his apology that he made for the joke i did yeah so for those of you who don't know um he uh, y'all are going to hell but loki i was like oh what oh i did not think it was funny i just was like he's such a fuckhead it was just so like again some thing a middle schooler would do on the playground so basically he posts on his instagram story if you've ever been offended by a joke i've told here's a link to my official apology and the link was surprise surprise not an apology um the link was a website where you can buy special uh needs children helmets and that was the joke it was uh children with special needs which to me doesn't make me laugh I truly was like flabbergasted when I saw that because um, not only are you making fun of children, you're making fun of children uh, with a disability. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, like, you know? Yeah, and he took what people were thinking, oh, he's apologizing and being, and he went like, just kidding. Fuck you times a million. I think what's so, uh, it's just irritating because it's like these mediocre fucking white dudes get all of this opportunity and all this money and they're just being fuckheads with it. Like he's just a fuckhead, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Do I think that there are better comedians who are starting to amplify themselves on TikTok that deserved that type of recognition? Absolutely. Hannah Brenner, are you kidding me? Put me up. Get me on one of her shows immediately. Like, I think she's hilarious with her crowd work and she would kill it at a comedy tour. But is she getting a Netflix special? No. <laughs> like, why Why do you think, Kate? Why did he get one? Oh, because he's white and he's cis and he's attractive. Like, I 100%. And I think also his audience, I think he's popular to women. Like, a thousand percent, that is why. Um, I just, I don't know. It's just... Even in 2023, when I think, you know, like people are being um, recruited more for diversity, but then you have issues of representation. Like I just read Yellow Face by R.F. Kwan, and that's a really good book about how, how like, um, in publishing, you know, like a lot of like people get opportunities. Uh, but then they're exploited for their own identity. So like they'll give opportunities for diversity, but then they're exploited because of it. And then you have like 
you know, white people in the publishing industry, like being like toxic and insane. And I think it's the same with comedy. I think like, I think it's just a bummer that like these people like Matt Reif are still getting these like opportunities and, you know, it's just when like there are people who deserve it more, I think he's just rebelling against a lot of like societal norms right now, which I think has worked in the past for comedy, but I don't know. I think it's just, I just don't think it works anymore. To be funny, I think you do have to be smart. Do you think controversy around uh, comedians like tend to like stick though? Because I vaguely remember this. That's how almost irrelevant it seems now. But do you remember how much ba- backlash Dave Chappelle got for his Netflix special? Like, oh yeah, you- yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. I actually like was doing when I was doing research for this episode. I found an article um, called "Punching Down." Uh, by USA Today and punching down comedy as it's called is when you're making jokes about people with less power than the comedian Um, and it keeps coming up in high profile comedians uh, when they aim their humor at like trans people which is what Dave Chappelle did I believe and other marginalized groups at their expense so it's not like a trans person is going on stage and making jokes about trans people or I actually saw this recently like a a deaf person going up on stage and making jokes about them and their hearing it's like people like Matt Reif making jokes about women who are facing domestic violence or Dave Chappelle making jokes about trans people like the butt of the joke is the marginalized group and and it's wild because when Matt like segued into the jokes about like women who are into astrology and crystals like dude cheap shot of a joke like we get that every fucking day are you kidding me like we get that all the time that's not going away that hasn't gone away again cheap shot cheap joke um i was just like why are you like making fun of the majority of your audience probably at this point yeah the people that helped catapult you and the people and the gender you're trying to fuck, probably. Let's be real. <laughs> like, yeah, he was making fun of women he's gone on dates with. Like, what? Yeah. Honestly, what is that? I don't know. I'm, I, I am not too nice with my exes, though. So I mean, okay, valid. But I think... I mean... <laughs> so valid. I'd be roasting them every day. But he's, like, hopping on a stage and, like, making fun of people. Like, I went to a comedy show um, with my girlfriend called Don't Tell Comedy or Don't Ask Comedy, and it's, like, these pop-up comedy shows around the United States, and they have, like, a setup of comics, and um, you don't know who they are. And the first one was so great. She was so funny. And then the next two just weren't that good because they were doing Matt Rife comedy where they're like making these edgy jokes but they're not that funny they're not that interesting like one of the jokes that one of the guys said that I just that did not really get any laughs and just was kind of more cringe than anything was he was talking about how he was having sex with his girlfriend and the girlfriend's dog was like really crazy and the girlfriend's dog jumped up on the bed and started pissing on them and then he made a joke about like R. Kelly And it's like, to me, I'm like, that is not like, that is like more like me being like, oh my God, you know, like exactly what I just did. Like, yeah, like literally like I was with Lizzie and we, and we went like, uh, 
no like that's and that's like matt rife's comedy it's like oh we're making jokes oh, yeah. about it's like, like oh. <laughs> also too i don't okay let me ask you if this bothers you because like i i'm a sensitive person i get that i'm also a lesbian i don't really like men so maybe it's just me but like does it bother you when men call women bitch in their comedy like does it bother you or are you like fine with it it's okay if you are okay so it, i i think it depends on the context i really really do like because when i say bitch like i mean it like like i'm just like bitch what are you talking about like if it's just like that but if i like like if it was like how do i describe it if it's like a state of like if it's a setup of like your reaction, like this bit, like what is this bitch saying? Like if there was a comedic pitch to it, like this bitch is this bitch has lost it. Or instead of the bitch was crazy, like there's like a different like if it depends on the pitch and it depends on like the tone while I feel like the comedian is saying it. I I would agree too. That could cross that line between offensive and funny. Like that's that's where the line is. Like if somebody said like. Like that bitch is psycho, but if a comedian then that then I'd be like, oh, like why is she a bitch? But if the guy if right. the comedian was like, bitch is crazy, like it's that tone. It's you know what I mean. Like it depends yeah. on how it's worded and how it's like set up. I agree. I agree. I agree. He Matt Rife said bitch in his end at the end of his special, and I was like, oh, of course you did. Like the comics I saw at that comedy show, the ones I didn't like, both said bitch in their setup, this like edgy comedy, and not in like a like a funny way either. Like literally calling people bitch, and then Matt Rife did the same thing. Like he literally called this girl who tried to cancel him like a bitch. He said, bitch, you can't cancel me. I'm not your gym membership, and it's like. Mm. Also, too, I just don't really like men in real life saying that. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, because I'm like, I'm like, wait, that's not your word. <laughs> like, who are you talking about? Say that word, like in referring to us. Um, no, I completely hear you. Again, it's about tone. Like, I feel like since he said it at the end of the special, too, then you were already pissed at him. Like, you were yeah. already but I also just don't like it when they do that. So it was like, it was like, it was like, I already didn't like it, this man. And then I all, and then I didn't like him at all. I just don't like this man. On how he could have done it. Like leading up to the joke, like the way he said it was, bitch, I'm not your, I'm not, you can't cancel me. I'm not a gym membership. But if he said it like this, like, like, even if he said like something else, like, listen, like, like lady, or even like, I'd say girly pop because, <laughs> um, but even if he said like, this bitch thinks that she could cancel me, like a gym membership, like I see a little bit of a difference there. I guess. I just don't like it. I think I've decided. I, I just don't like it. Um, and that's okay. Everybody's that's different. Comedy. People like certain things. People take offense to different things. Um, it's just a really really not I don't want to say sensitive time or sensitive like era that we live in right now it's just very like it's not the jokes that would land on the middle school playground will not land today as much as I I think too it's important to think about like who you're making jokes about and like why the joke is funny like 
like Matt Rife's domestic violence joke was funny, quote unquote. I don't think it's funny, but it's the the butt of the joke is the woman. Like it's like the subject of the joke. And I think like when you're making jokes about yourself, I think that's fine. Like like I said, John Mulaney, I, I think he's fucking hilarious. I don't like his decisions, obviously. I think he's made some poor life choices. Of course, of course, everybody has. But like he makes jokes about himself and that's what I like. And I think like, I, I'm i trying to think of like, if like he is making a joke about somebody else too, like it's like his friends or people he knows. I think the issue with this kind of comedy is when it's about a group that you're not a part of um, or like, like, or that has, you have power over. Like women making joke about men, like Drew Fuelo has said this so many times, like, like, it's just not going to change anything. Like it's not going to affect the power dynamics that women have against men if women make a joke against men. But if men make a joke against women, it's just like enforcing that like difference. It's just, it's just frustrating, I think, because um, I just want to be like, am I wrong? No, I'm not wrong. (laughs) No, I'll make jokes about men every day because we live in an oppressed system where they have power over femme-patronic people and uh, non-men. That's just the way it is. But like, it's just not, it's just, it's just frustrating. I think comedy also just kind of emphasizes like our society and like who's in power, like who's getting these opportunities, like Matt Reif, like who, you know, are getting these opportunities and then who's the butt of the jokes. And I, I just think it's so interesting to talk about. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And it's something that, needed to be talked about with like not that much of a bias because at the end of the day like comedians are still gonna be comedians people are like entertainers are still gonna entertain there are so many controversial people out there um but I know people are trying to like really emphasize the cancel culture right now um yeah how do do you how do you feel about cancel culture I've been canceled a long time ago if that's the case (laughs) I I think cancel culture only works for marginalized groups. I read a really interesting book a few years ago for one of my classes, and it talked about how, this is like a little niche lore, but she was a writer, um, a fan fiction writer for Harry Potter, and she was a black author. And she had gotten accused of plagiarism, and she was canceled by the entire fandom and truly was canceled. Like, she just did not bounce back at all. But like there was a white fan fiction writer who was canceled for something and they came back. And I think that's the difference with cancel culture is it works differently for different groups. I think white men always get a fucking bounce back unless your reputation is completely annihilated like Army Hammer, who's another fucking psycho, Louis C.K. Like unless you've been completely socially annihilated, I think cancel culture just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. But I I think for people of color and, you know, non-men, I think for disabled people, I think like it actually can really damage those groups and affect them differently. Um, I don't know, because it's already like (laughs) they're already getting shit on by society. So when society gives them a pass, it just pushes them down even farther. So I hear you. Like, I also feel like it's a lot of the overconfidence, too, that a lot of white male entertainers have as well. Like, they already know they're at the top of the food chain. Where are they going to go? Like, even if they get, like, knocked down or say something bad or, like, like news spreads about them, 
any publicity is good publicity. So <laughs> that's how they see it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also like they lean into it. Like he's going to lean into this and talk about oh, how yeah, he was canceled. He's going to play this up for a hot minute. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think it's just ir- it's it irritates me. It does makes me <laughs> makes me, you know, just angry, I guess, too, like for a lot of different reasons, um, because it's like it's just like this is just how our society is and it's not going to change. White men, whites as men are going to keep shitting on other groups of people. And like, just that's just reminder. how it goes. You know, it was just another reminder too that like, oh, another young white male comedian is getting like a Netflix special and it's the most streamed on Netflix, the largest streaming platform um, out there. Like, oh, you probably right. made so much money from it. <laughs> oh yeah, disgusting amount of money. I also, <laughs> kind of off topic, but I also thought it was funny that they, um, the show that he filmed it at was DC. And I was like, damn, all right. I mean, it would have been a pretty different reaction if it was like maybe like LA or something. Or New York City, I think (laughs) even. Would have been a different reaction there, bud. So I don't know. Um, Did you also, I don't know if you um, got, um, I don't know if these TikToks showed up for you, but there were some people saying or claiming that there were laugh tracks used in it. Like, yeah. Like, the people are claiming that people aren't actually laughing. Like, there were laugh tracks or something. I do think there were some laugh tracks in there. Because I heard that, too. And then I was, like, listening to it. And I was like, like, oh, yeah, I can tell. Because earlier that day, I was listening to John Mulaney's comedy uh, special, uh, Baby J, uh, in her car. And, like, you can tell the difference between, like, real people laughing in the laugh track. And I could hear some real people laughing at Matt Reif's. Like, I'm sure there were some people laughing, but I do think there was maybe a laugh track used to emphasize it. What do you, but maybe I've just also got that idea in my head and that's why I think that. I don't know. I was, I was thinking of it. I didn't really look out too much on it. Um, but I definitely know the laughter in his, um, in his crowd work like, crowd work shows are very much real like you see the people laughing like you they, they cut to clips of people laughing and i don't know maybe i need to like r- go through it again but i didn't catch many like cl- like like up close shots of like audience members or anything like that so that's another thing that made me mm. think is this genuine like do they look like they're laughing do they look like they're having a good time i don't know yeah. That's interesting. I'm trying to think of an other like big Netflix specials if they pan down to the audience very often. Um, I will say like his crowd work, I've I've chuckled. I've shared a laugh. Yeah, I'm I- not going to say the man's completely unfunny. I think at the end of the day, what is irritating to me is that people like this get these opportunities that I don't think they deserve. And that's the and that's the moral of today's story. Life is unfair and unfair. oppression exists and gives people opportunities that they maybe don't deserve. And that's the life we live. You know it's real when Kate starts singing that. Um, so no, real. You're white, a male, and straight, you got it pretty fucking lucky. Congratulations. Y'all want to Congratulations. Wanna- <laughs>
Congratulations. Well, maybe we'll leave off on like a happy note. Um, who do you have like a favorite comedian that just like makes you laugh anytime, anywhere? If you haven't seen them already, Taylor Tomlinson has two Netflix specials and they, mm. she is phenomenal. She is actually a big inspiration as to, I don't think I've ever told you this. She is a big yeah? as to why I started my podcast. <gasps> That's so cool, Tavita. Yeah, yeah. Well, her podcast, her first Netflix special came out during COVID and was called The Quarter Life Crisis. Slay. So she just turned 25. Like the main thing that she said in the trailer and everything that really caught my attention was, I'm 25 and I am sick of this shit. Oh, I hate my 20s. And like, just, it really resonated with me. Um, and I've even gotten like people saying like, have you watched the Taylor Tomlinson special? She reminds me so much of you. And it's just mm. like, it's like, real. it's such a relief to know that like, that type of humor comes across like in my personal life and on my show. So definitely if you guys have not seen um, mm. or heard of Taylor Tomlinson, go check her out. She is awesome. Mm. Wow. That's so fun. Um, I'd say for me, Mae Martin is one of my favorite comics. Um, they're non-binary and they're just so funny, but they also have a lot of good emotional stuff to their set. My favorite bit, and I think of this all the time, is they talk about how like humans are so lame and we have these like snow globes and we just want to like share our snow globe. And we think while somebody's talking, like, I want to show my snow globe. It's my turn to show my snow globe. And then they're like, look at my snow globe. It's mine. And that's how a conversation is. You're like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to share my thoughts. Oh, I can't wait. And then you share me. You're like, this is me. I think that's so fucking funny. That's very real. Yeah. And then Hannah Gatsby, who does Nanette, also really good. I like a good mix between like really fucking funny comedy and like also kind of like emotional real comedy. So also too, uh, both comics are queer. So if you're looking for more queer comedians, definitely recommend them. And of course, before we go, Davida, why are you happy to be here? I'm happy to be here, even though I'm not a straight white male, but I have a podcast and you have a podcast and that's so slay of us. Um, to mm. say that we have because too many straight white men have podcasts so at least real we, we um, gotta diversify the feeds a little bit a little bit but no i'm happy to be here because i love recording i love doing what we do i love talking about what we talk about and mm. at the end of the day like we're gonna enjoy the type of things that we find funny and society is just gonna do the rest so real Real. Well, Davida, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I always like talking to you and hearing about what you have to say. So thanks for sharing. Anytime, of course. I um, I love putting my two cents into really anything. So, um, And I always love being on the show. So I'm always happy to be here. I'm happy to be here with Kate. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got for you guys. Bye.